Good morning. What readings today? Oh, I particularly like the second one, of course. I can't say I preach much on it with you guys, but, you know, it, it is, it anyway, it does give. Today what we're going to focus on is being single-hearted, being under authority, and then having authority, okay? These are going to be the three points, being single-hearted, being under authority, and then having authority. Now let's start with the being single-hearted, you know. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32 and following, that's the second reading today. And again, we hear here, I should like you to be free from all worries. Chapter 7, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32. I would like you to be free from all worries. The unmarried man is busy with the Lord's affairs, concerned with pleasing the Lord. But the married man is busy with the world's demands and occupied, as Angelo knows very well, with pleasing his wife. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't see you there. Anyway, that's Angelo up here. That's his wife in case someone doesn't know. He just says, yes, dear, yes, dear, yes, dear. Anyway, but then the guys get it back the next thing here. And then he goes with the, starts with the guys. You know, you only have to please your wife. And the virgin... Indeed, the unmarried woman is concerned with things of the Lord in pursuit of holiness and body and spirit. But the married woman, on the other hand, has the cares of the world to absorb her and is concerned with pleasing her husband. I really don't know many of those women. But anyway, I know how, many, how many go around pleasing their husbands? All I do is please my husband. T.A., that's what T.A. does. No, I don't know. That's, I don't think. But more and more, that's why I'm celibate. No. The reality of, and it is in reality, because if I was married, and the church's whole teaching with celibacy, I don't have any time to myself at all. None. Zilch. Zing. Mm. There is no way that I could sit there and be married and have my own kids and my own wife and be present to you, be present to the community of Tech, be present at my community at St. Luke's, and be present at the community of Cathedral Prep. It couldn't happen. I have problems what I'm doing now without being married, huh? So, but the reality of all of us needs that we need to be living and purifying our hearts that no matter what, I'm living for the Lord. Even if I'm in the habit of pleasing my husband, my wife, my children, I gotta be doing that for the Lord. So that's how we purify it all. You know, it goes back to uh, the Beatitudes, huh? Blessed are the pure of heart. Now, please, don't sit there and just think the pure of heart is just purity. You know, purity when it comes to uh, sexuality. It's the single-hearted, the one who knows that the reason I live is to please the Lord, no matter what. But, you know, those of you who are married, which is a, most of the congregation here, huh? Your true spouse is always Jesus. Always. And if you've neglected that and unrealized that, you need to refocus on that. I don't care who you're married to. You might be married to the greatest person ever walked the face of the earth. But your spouse is Christ Jesus, no matter what. And you and I got to be developing that relationship as much as any other relationship. That my walk with the Lord must be my walk with the Lord. And if he's my first relationship, then my other relationships with my spouse, with my children, are then influenced by my relationship with the Lord because he's the one I please first, always. Now, it's easier for a celibate priest or nun to be that way because then I can just focus on the Lord and, you know, and even that again. You know, last time I'm sitting there at my hour and I'm just have to keep refocusing and what do I start doing? I, 
as I'm sitting out, oh, I have to get ready for Lent, and I'm starting, <laughs> working out the Lenten schedule for here, and going, doing all this stuff, and, and I look up, and there's Jesus, and he says, uh, excuse me, I said, I'm very busy with your stuff, Lord, this is all your stuff, you know, excuse me, uh, put it down, okay, what do you want? But see, it's so easy to get caught up into other things, but Jesus says, we got to be caught up with him first and foremost. Please the Lord above all things. The next thing we get to the first reading and the gospel. And in doing this, it talks about the same reality. And this is where you get celibacy as a given. You know, and it's a, you know, celibacy in the church is a discipline. The Holy Father could get up tomorrow and say, all priests are allowed to get married. It's just a discipline. The first thousand years of the Catholic Church, we were allowed to be married. But it was a, under authority that we were put that everyone that's going to be a priest, though, must be celibate. And that's so, when it comes to the celibacy thing, it all comes to an authority issue. And for that, let's go to the first reading. And that is from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 18. And again, here's Moses. He's getting ready to move on. But then Moses says in 18, chapter 18, verses 15 and following, a prophet like me will the Lord your God raise up for you from among your own kinsmen. To him you shall listen. Remember, there's another passage, I couldn't find it when I was looking up last night, but uh, it says, if you do not, Mo God comes and says, if you do not listen to Moses, you'll be struck down. That God really put an authority, Moses, and then Joshua, and then the prophets, that we had to be obedient, the Old Testament had to be obedient to them in authority, or God himself would punish them. And we see that here, too. If you go down, verse 17, or verse 18, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their kinsmen, and will put my words into his mouth. He shall tell them all that I command them. Verse 19, if any man will not listen to my words, which he speaks in my name, I myself will make him answer for it. So what's that saying? That if we, if a person is under the authority of God and they speak the word of God to the community and the community, the person refuses to obey that, God himself says, I myself will deal with that person. That's pretty strong. You know, again, sometimes people want to be under their own authority. I want to be under my authority because I know what God wants me to do. Well, and again, that's pure garbage. It's like having your own spiritual director. St. Philip Neri said, those who have themselves for a spiritual director have a fool for a spiritual director. If you are not a person under authority, you are a fool. You and I got to place ourselves under authority. I place myself under a couple people's authority, huh? The bishops, first and foremost, the Holy Fathers, the bishops. I have a spiritual director, which I place my everyday life under authority. I can't make a decision without my spiritual director, any big decision. And sometimes I make a great decision, and he says, that's not the will of God, change it. And I don't like that. But I am under his authority. I follow him, and in following him, I follow the Lord. You know, again, a couple years ago, I was going to go, and I was going to, during the Gulf War, I went and registered. I was going to become a chaplain to the, to the Navy chaplain. I was going to become a Navy chaplain. The bishop said, okay, it was all okay. Everybody else said it was okay. And by the way, I went to my spiritual director. Don't ever go, by the way, to your spiritual director. I went to my spiritual director, Father Peterson, and I said to him, by the way, Pete, I'm joining the Navy. I'm going to go in and be a chaplain. And he starts screaming, absolutely not. 
I said, Pete, the bishop already said, okay. I don't care. Absolutely not. It's not God's will for you. I said, oh, Pete. I said, what am I supposed to do? He said, you call the bishop. You tell him your spiritual director said, no, that's not God's will for you. And you don't go. You know what I did? I picked up the phone. I called a spiritual director and I said, my spiritual director says no. Because I was under his authority. And people hate that. We want to be in control of our own lives, don't we? To sit there and submit myself. But see, if we don't put ourselves under someone's authority, then what we can do is suffer from the thing of pride. Again, when I was sent here to Bread of Life in that very office, the bishop called me in two hours after I was, gave up Baron because I was working too much. He said, we need you to relax, Larry. And we're going to take Baron away from you if you don't mind. I said, thanks be to God. I can focus on prep. It was at noon. I handed my keys over. At 3 o'clock, I get called into the bishop's office and says, I want you to take over Bread of Life. Absolutely not, I said to the bishop. Absolutely not, my exact words. Absolutely, I kept screaming, like me, how I can be. Absolutely not. I got up, I start walking back and forth. Bishop, there is no way. Aren't you glad I'm under authority? He said, I'm not asking, Larry. You're being told, huh? <laughs> but see, that's it. I have to place myself under his authority, and I've got to do things sometimes I don't want, and I really believe it was God's will. That last time I was in there a couple weeks ago in the office again, he says, aren't you glad you're obedient, Larry? <laughs> yes, Bishop. But that's it. I have to place myself, and each of us got to place ourselves under the authority. You've got to do it. If not, you will suffer from the greatest of all the sins. And what's the greatest of all the sins, gentlemen and ladies? Pride. I will not serve. I'll do it my way. And that is a very subtle because you can be very religious, quote, unquote. You can be very, quote, unquote, holy and think I'm doing it my way. If you're not under authority, you're a fool. You've got to have someone that's going to tell you no when you want to hear yes. And then you've got to submit yourself to that. And in that way, you will become holy. There's no way to be holy without being under authority. Can't happen. You deceive yourself. Then finally, now we get to this next part. And this here, and this is why they talked about Jesus, and we'll deal with this very briefly. If you go to Mark chapter 1, verse 21, shortly afterward they came to Capernaum and on the Sabbath, verse 22, the people were spellbound by his teaching because he taught with authority. That Jesus taught with authority. Huh? Very important to be teaching with authority. He didn't get up there and say, hey, well, you know, if you want to do this, okay. If you don't, he said, this is the way you got to live, period. Live that way, fine. Don't live that way, fine. But you're making a decision. And again, no one wants to teach with authority anymore. No one wants to have authority. We're afraid nowadays to have authority. We're afraid to take authority. We got to have authority. Jesus had authority. And if he had authority, so must his followers have authority. Now we listen because here you go. He spoke with authority. Now let's go to another space here. And for that, let's go to Luke. Chapter 10, verse 16, and underline it. Luke, chapter 10, verse 16. Luke, chapter 10, verse 16. And here Jesus says, who is God, He who hears you, hears me. He who rejects you, rejects me. And rejects him who sent me. So Jesus said, he who hears you hears me. And then he says, he spoke with authority. 
So when we're in the Word of God, when we're speaking from the authority of His Word, then we need to speak that with authority. You know, the other day in my class, I sat there and I says about the reality of abortion just coming from last weekend. You know, I got to preach in, uh, in Washington. And from the Word of God, I said, gentlemen, you cannot be a Christian if you are a pro-abortionist. And they jumped back. And I said, I'm not kidding. I'm not watering. I'm telling you right now. If you cannot be a follower of Jesus Christ, you are not a Christian. If you are, if you are not a Christian, did I say that right? <laughs> you are not a Christian if you believe in abortion. And I says, you cannot be a Christian if you believe in abortion. And some people raise their hand. And they said, you can't say that, Father. And I says, I can and I do. And if you see it another way, you're wrong. It's that simple. And I'm speaking with the authority of the Word of God and His church. So if you reject that, you reject God himself. Now, people don't like to hear that. You mean I can't believe in killing babies and still say I love Jesus my Savior? No, you cannot. I don't like that, Father. Good. Get over it. Go somewhere else. But we as followers of Christ are on the authority of the church and on the authority, and that's the way it got to be. So the bishop, I take a vow of, of, of obedience. I had to take my vow of obedience how many times? Twice. Can you imagine? And then when he sits there and says, do this, I do that. When he tells me to be a celibate, I'm a celibate. And I've been a celibate now for almost 11 years. Well, 11 years. I've been a celibate for almost 40 years. And I do that because I'm under authority. And when the authority is spoken to me, I've got to humble myself before that. But then I've got to know when I'm speaking in the church, when I'm speaking with the church, and when I'm speaking in his word, I can speak with authority over demons, like Jesus did today. I can speak in authority over other people. That's not being judgmental. It's just saying this the way it is. You can make a statement like, if you are pro-choice, you are not a follower of Jesus Christ. You can say that. And you can say it with authority. And you can take your life and put it next to that and say, am I fitting this thing? Because Jesus tells us what it is to be a follower of him. We don't tell him. The church tells us what it is to be a follower of Christ. We don't tell the church. Because he who hears you hears me. He who rejects you rejects me that's strong now we should be people who are convicted by this today but that rejoice in that because when i am being obedient i will always be in the will of god i cannot be led astray if i am being obedient to the word of god i'm being obedient to his church i'm being single-hearted the only thing i want to do is do the will of god and then i can speak that will to the people i live with and the people i work with and the people i know the Catholic Church isn't just one church in the midst of many. It's the fullness of the faith. And we can speak that with authority. You got it? You get it? Good. May each of you know his love today and forever. Amen.